13 games in the NBA on Monday. Did some coaches come to their senses? Hmm, maybe. Did some do some other weird stuff? Of course. We're going to look at all 13 games, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I've got two tickets to Iron Maiden, baby. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LockedOnNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I know I already hit this now, but we're at Operation um, 70K. So if we can get in here and hit the subscribe button, that would be uh, that would be awesome. Love it for us. So go ahead and do that. We're at 200 people away. We're going to get there soon. We're going to do it this week. I know we are. So I hope we can uh, hit that mark and uh, and get there really quickly. We are going to cover all 13 games. There's a lot for us to get to. Hopefully, I don't get too sidetracked. That would be a bit unlike me if we did that. So we'll see how we end up going with this. But let's um, let's talk. Yeah, Monday, week eight starts. Full full week of fantasy back in the uh, in the sphere of things. Let's look at the waiver. I'm not going to cover any news off here apart from what goes on in the games. But let's just look at the waiver wire and the most uh, added players over the last 24 hours. We're going to talk about the success of these ads throughout the show. Isaiah Hart showing up 24%. That's what I would have done. Worked okay, I think. Dante Exum up 15%. Matisse Thibel up 12 The Tim Hardaway one is just bad luck. Up 8%. And so is Derek Jones. Up 5% because Hardaway was a late scratch and Derek Jones lasted about five minutes. You can't predict that shit. Uh, that's just bad luck. They were two really smart moves and it didn't work out. And then Nick Richards up 4%. Well, with Mark Williams out, we don't know when Mark is going to return. There is uh, some smartness in all that. So that's all pretty good, all pretty strong moves from uh, the people that made them. In terms of the drops, Aaron Neesmith down 10%. Yeah, totally okay with that. To add some more other high-volume guys or high-value players. Jeremy Sohan down 6%. Don't need to roster him. Isaiah Stewart down 5 We'll talk Pistons later, but I, I think that's probably the right move. Dennis Smith injured again. He's down 4 People were really quick to add uh, or to drop DeAndre Hunter after he was out today with a late scratch. Actually, don't have a problem with it. He's a an expendable low upside player, so fine, move on. And the other one there is Cam Reddish, which is a little curious to see Reddish being dropped. Maybe we're just going to make the waiver wire trend section a what's happening with Cam Reddish. Because yeah, he doesn't play today, but the Lakers have um, a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. So he's going to be a pretty strong stream. So I guess unless you dropped him for a guy like and Isaiah Hartenstein or Derek Jones or Dante Exum to get a little bit more value out of them, there was some really strong quality game appeal for Cam Reddish this week. Not super, super strong, so I do get a drop in certain situations. But he's going to be, I reckon, a pretty popular ad tomorrow with a Tuesday, Thursday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, sorry, back-to-back for the Lakers um, coming up. That'll be a bonus there. Well, that's the waiver wire trends. We might as well get into games because, again, we've got 13 of them to knock out. So the first one we're going to look at is your Detroit Pistons because they were here, they were ready to go, and they were ready to lose again. That is, what, 19 consecutive losses for the Pistons. They were a little bit more competitive in this one. The Pacers went at 131-123. We'll talk Pistons in a sec. We'll start with the Pacers. 37 minutes for Ben Mather and off the bench, huge. 30 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, 59% shooting. You couldn't ask for anything more than that. Now, does this mean that he's a must-roster 12-team league guy? Of course it doesn't. He has been nowhere near this all season. This jumped him about 50 spots in the rankings. This is one game. And he is into 142nd over the last two weeks. But do you trust it? Because I don't. They went relatively small. Toppin played only 12 minutes in this game. I'm not sure how much the absence of Nampard actually helped him here. Maybe a little bit. I just think he got red hot and they just ran with it. There's nothing wrong with having a flyer and taking a crack at Matherin. No problem. But we've seen this a couple of times. I think I'd like, before I say that it's a, it's a guaranteed go and add, again, if you add him, you do not get this performance. I'm not sure that we're quite there. 33 minutes for Halliburton. 14, 4, and 16 with two blocks. 
Efficiency wasn't quite there, but that's still pretty good. While Heald was also good, 31 minutes for Budrick. 13 and 4 with four threes. Miles Turner dropped in 23 and 8 with three blocks in 31 minutes. We love that from all of those guys. Good performances. And as I said, Toppen played 12 minutes. Six and three. I don't believe that he's a 12-team league player. He had been performing like one. He did not here, but we've seen the minutes push back down. He's not a guaranteed 25-minute-plus player. He's okay to have, but you definitely don't have to. While Bruce Brown played 37 and had 11 and 9 and 2 steals, and Isaiah Jackson got the backup minutes, played 17, but didn't block a shot, which is weird. He's only a deeper league stream guy. While um, TJ McConnell, if you're looking for assists, he's the man. Five assists in his 15 minutes while Nembhard remains sidelined. As for Neesmith, he played 27. He had 13 points with three threes. He's totally reasonable as a 14-team league player, but I don't think any more than that. For the Pistons, they did it. They did the thing. We've been talking about it ad nauseum. It took two things happening to get here. One of them was Jalen Duran being out, and the second one was Marvin Bagley being out. So they started Isaiah Stewart at center. Now, don't get me wrong. I do not believe that Isaiah Stewart is a starting center. He's a backup center. But he is a better option than James Wiseman, and that enabled them to start Asar Thompson. And the big fella was back. 20 minutes in 33 minutes for Asar. Six rebounds, steal, block, 80% shooting. Now, of course, one thing we know there that is complete fake bullshit is 80%. He won't be that guy. But getting those minutes is key. And he was great in that role. This is what they should have done as soon as Duran went down. And honestly, as soon as Duran comes back, Stewart should move to the bench. Do I have faith that Monty would do it? No, but this was the one game where Williams actually made sense with some of the rotations. He played the five guys the most minutes that should have played the most minutes. And that's a bigger win as you can get when we're talking about Monty Williams in the Pistons. So we went on and on and on about Thompson saying, look, this demotion of these low minutes does not mean that this is an ongoing thing long-term. We've seen them change many times. But you know, it's hard to have that faith when you see someone playing 19 minutes. And if you are struggling, sometimes you do need to make a move. But if he was dropped, go for it. Go at him. Same with Jaden Ivey, who came off the bench but played 34 minutes, 18-3-2. I still think that he's worth a 12-team hold. Killian Hayes was the guy that suffered just 23 minutes for Hazy. Six points and seven assists. If you did have Hayes, I don't mind a hold, but a Thompson Thompson and Hayes are a little bit harder to play together. And overall, you want Asar Thompson out there, not Killian Hayes, I would think, but Monty has not thought that. Hayes is a guy that is okay now. I don't see it lasting, and this might be the drop. I don't know. Stinker from Boyan, 17 points with 36% shooting and shitouts from the line. He did have three steals, which is the second time he's done that this season, which is a little bit weird. While Stewart played 34 minutes and had 13 and 7, that is just completely like okay. And it took 100% shooting to get there. He still is not, to me, anything more than a streamer or a 14-team league player. We saw Jimmy Wiseman play 13 minutes. He had three blocks in that time, but still could only play 13 minutes. While um, just a lot of nonsense going on with the rest. Oh, yeah, Cade Cunningham had 23, 6, and 7. A steal, a three. Didn't get to the line, but shot 52%. Is Cade uh, rolling? He's playing all right. He's playing all right. Yeah, it's good to see. It's good to see him doing much better than he was to begin the season. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Whether you're buying tickets to comedy, to sports, to theater, to whatever it is, Game Time is the place that you need to go to take the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got these um, flash alert deals where something's going on in your area, last minute tickets, they'll stick it, stick it on your phone and go, hey, you going? Discounted tickets tonight, my guy. Uh, come down to the local sports team and watch the match. It's all there. On game time, takes the guesswork out of tickets. You also don't have to worry about hidden fees because with their all-in pricing, whatever the cost of the ticket is, it displays it on the app. You don't have to guess transaction fees and processing fees and what's 3.4% in real money. Don't worry about that. The price is all included on the game time app. So take that guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, Create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, a reminder, straight after this, there will be the Locked On Sports Today live channel coming up. So if you're on YouTube, we've got our live 24-7 sports channel there. And also another reminder, hit the subscribe button. We are hitting for 70K. Let's do it. Let's knock it out. We want to get there. Let's do game recap number two. The oh, this bloody team. The Washington Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers 146, the Wizards 101. 
This was a like a 40-point game basically through halftime. It was insane how bad this Wizards team is. So I don't know what we do here. Um, 26 minutes for Jordan Poole. 11 points, 27%, three assists. This stink continues. I, I don't even know where we're at with it. The question's going to be, if you drop Jordan Poole, will someone immediately add him in your league? If you think the answer is no, maybe you drop him. I wouldn't, but I'm also just looking at these and going, there's, there's just no way, yeah? Like, how does this keep going like this? But we are seven weeks in, and it has been going like this the whole way. Oh, it's disappointing. Even Kuzma struggled with the minutes, 27 of them. He had 21 and 9 with some bad free throws and lack of defensive stats. While Denny Avdia played 26 and had 9, 6, and 3. And we thought we were getting someone with Tyus Jones, but he played only 21 minutes. I still think that we hold Denny and Tyus and Poole, but it's just a shit show. No Gafford as well, so they started Mike Muscala. He was terrible. And Bilal played 31 off the bench. Pretty good game from Bilal outside of the shooting. 13, 8, and 4, steal, block, 2, 3s. I don't mind if you want him. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. But if you want to have him and you expect them to... Some people go, oh, they're so bad, they're going to start tanking. Bro, have you seen what they're doing now? They don't need to sit anyone down to tank. They probably do need to give Bilal a, a big role, but he's already getting 27 to 30 minutes a night. So there's nothing gigantic that needs to change with their process. He's getting his good minutes. He, They're losing, and the move they would make would be to give Bilal good minutes and to lose, and that's already happening. I guess you can pump two to three more minutes into Bilal, but it doesn't necessarily have to happen. Kispert had nine points in 23 minutes. This franchise is uh, embarrassing themselves. Embiid played 30 minutes, 34 and 10, with six assists on 70%. That's fantastic. While Maxi had 24 with six assists and five threes. It's hard to take big sweeping generalizations out of this game because of how much of a blowout it was, but it is troubling to see only 18 minutes for Kelly Uber. And by troubling, I mean, if you roster him, you'd be going, oh no, because I don't have him on any teams and I've been pretty adamant that what happened earlier in this in the season's not going to be something that holds. I even had him on the droppable players list on the waiver wire show a couple of days ago. Yesterday, actually. Seven and five in 18 minutes. Now that's, again, it's not a real minutes figure because of how much of a blowout it was, but he's clearly in this reserve role. Batum played just the 20 minutes while Toby Harris, the bylo is still there for Toby. 10, four and six and Melton shot poorly five points on 18%, but five assists and five steals still gets it done. Marcus Morris and Patty Beverly both scored 12, a little bit of garbage time there for Morris in particular. And we had like yeah, nine minutes of House, Springer and Corkmas and even six minutes of KJ Martin. That is how much of an out of control blowout uh, this game ended up being. The third game of the day was the Miami Heat, the Battle of the Martins, although one of them doesn't exist anymore. So we had uh, Miami beat Charlotte 116-114, the final score. In this one, if we go and have a look, um, there was no Bam, no Hero again, no Highsmith. And after last game's absolute stink fest, Duncan Robinson blew up. 24-7, four assists, two steals, five threes. If you wanted to drop Duncan because of the return of Hero, that was okay. If you dropped him because of that poor performance, that was bad process. But this team's going to get really, really messy when Hero and Bam return. Huckers played only 24 minutes. He had 18 points, but not many other supporting stats. And I will continue to tell you, I don't think he remains a 12-team league player. I'm not sure that Robinson does. I'm not sure that Lowry does. He had three points with five assists and two steals, but played 35 minutes. Caleb Martin played 39 minutes. 20 and 9, 5 assists, 50% shooting. But again, all of these guys that are out are going to have an impact. Martin might start. He might start every game from here on out. But honestly, we have like an 80-game sample of him doing that last season. Not quite. I think he started 60-plus last season. And he wasn't anywhere close to being a must-roster 12-team league guy. No problem having him. I've got him in a couple of 12 teams, but they're slightly deeper ones. But what is happening at the moment is a nice little hot streak from Caleb that probably doesn't hold. And even in this hot streak, he's 133rd over the last two weeks, 128th over the last uh, five games. It's not that good. Kevin Love was really good, 19 and 6 in 21 minutes, while Orlando Robinson had some struggles, 7 and 6, two blocks. Just hold Orlando with Bam, unlikely to play next game. But again, this whole rotation is going to be a bit all over the shop. Hey, good game from Jim Butler as well. Only 23 points, but 58% shooting, 8 of 9 from the line, and 8 of 6 gets it done. He'd been, he's been disappointing, I think, this season. Um, in respect to where he was drafted or what our expectations were. For the Hornets, this man is just doing stuff that what is going on. Terry Rozier, 39 minutes, 34 points, 8 threes, 13 assists, 59%. And don't tell me it's because LaMelo Ball's out. I mean, it is. But we saw LaMelo Ball out for like 60 games last season. And my man Terrence did nothing like this. This is just an insane hot streak tied into an increase in minutes and usage, and he's gone crazy. 
He's going to come down from here. Any top 30 player you get in the trade, you do it. I'd probably even extend it to top 45, I reckon. Paul Washington Jr., 15 and 8 with two threes. Good bounce back, but we know this is the Gattuso king. He's going to be up and down, and it's going to be frustrating, but you roster him. While Brandon Miller only played 30 minutes and had 16 points. He continues to be like, eh, he's fine, and I think he'll be a drop when Lamelo returns. And Miles Bridges continues to do basically exactly the same thing with Lamelo or without. Doesn't change his usage. He's a very dependent player. 18-4-1, no defensive stats, 22 usage. He's actually down to 58th over the last two weeks. Just after that red-hot start, has definitely cooled off. Gordy Hayward continues to be a must-roster player, 17-6-7, while Big Dick Nick started in place of Mark Williams, who's out. 6-6 six six for Richards, which is not particularly impressive, but he is a 12-team league guy, as long as Mark Williams is out, while Bryce McGowan's played 23 minutes for three points, which is, um, I mean, something. It's not that interesting, though. Mark Williams, I don't know when he comes back. I would think there's a risk of at least another game on the sidelines, for Mark, given that he missed a game, came back, limited minutes, and then missed a game again. That's a little bit um, a little bit concerning, I would say, there for him. Let us do the next game. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Orlando Magic. 94, Cleveland, 104, Orlando. Good win for the Magic, who'd lost a couple in a row. Um... Let's talk about Darius Garland, who played 39 minutes, 36, 6, and 5 with three threes. Fantastic. He's obviously been a little bit below expectations, but now he's pushed back inside the top 50 for the season. Don Mitchell, 22 points, but rough from the field and a little bit poor in some of the counters. But the three steals are nice there. But what we need to talk about is there's no Mobley and no Levert, and Jarrett Allen continues to stink. A huge buy low is here, but do not look at Jarrett Allen as a top 50 player. Probably not a top 60 guy. He fouled out in 15 minutes. I don't think he's had a block in the last four games. He had 11 usage. He was minus 15. He had four and seven in 15 minutes. And Tristan Thompson actually played played better than him. 29 minutes for Thompson, 10 and 13 with two blocks. I don't need to do anything with that. But Allen's really struggling, a little bit of a buy low. And Max Struess also struggling. Don't drop Struess. But I'm not going to lie that when Max Struess struggles, he had six points on 11% with only two rebounds, no threes. I think back and go, hmm, I saw this guy play for three years and do nothing like the first 20 games. So if he has a couple in a row that are bad, I'm like, was that the hot streak? Or has he actually changed? I'm not going to rule either one out at this point. I'm still holding Max Struess. But again, we have seen 200-ish games of him being nowhere near a 12-team caliber player versus 18 of them where he was very, very good. And it has trended downwards. I am still holding though. Dean Wade started, had nine points with two threes. And they didn't go to Craig Porter in this one. They uncorked old mate Sam Merrill, who hit two threes. He's like a shorter Sam Hauser in that he shoots threes and that's it. For the Magic, should we start with Goga? 29 minutes for the dart, 15 and 7 with four blocks on 75%. This man just putting up big numbers, making it a really hard call now because they don't play until Friday. So you're going to have a guy sit on your roster for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, holding up a stream spot with the potential that Wendell Carter returns on, on Friday and Goga plays at most 16 minutes. Or Wendell's out again, Goga has another big game on Friday as a top 70 player. It's a hard call. I, I don't know what to do with it. His last two games have been fantastic here, Goga. I still do not think that when Wendell Carter Jr. returns, that Goga's going to have any chance of doing this. So while it seems disingenuous or silly, in fact, to drop Goga Badadze after dropping a line like this, opening up the three days of stream ability for a guy that literally might not touch this number again, it's got to be it's got to be worth a, a, a thought. I think you can drop Mo Wagner, who had... Eight points in 18 minutes, and obviously the same schedule thing applies. I would hold Cole Anthony, who really didn't do anything, eight points in his 18 minutes, but he's been a little bit more worthwhile, and I don't think Fultz is returning. Well, Jalen Suggs returned from this ankle injury. Didn't really expect him to be uh, out there so quickly, but he was. He played his minutes, and if he was dropped, he going at him. 12-4-3 in his minutes, and Jingle and Joe had 12 points in 20 minutes too with a locker room trip. He wasn't the only Magic player to go to the locker room because Paulo Bunquero did too, but the, both big fellas were able to return. Paulo had 20 and 10. Bad shooting performances from the field and from the line for Polo, which we thought we'd sort of eliminated, and we, and we had. It's just a, not a great night, but more importantly, he had the ankle sprain, came back fine, ready to go, which is a huge positive. While Wagner had 19, 8, and 4, but a lack of other stats, a triple zero, in fact, was a little bit um, a little bit frustrating. With obviously Suggs back, Gaz Harris moved back to the bench. He had 26 points with 3-3. Three, three. Suggs also 
had a quick trip to the locker room, very, very start of this game also, but he uh, he also returned. They had Ingles, Suggs, and Bunkera all go to the locker room and all return to action. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, it is time to warm yourself up with the hot offers from FanDuel. What do you do? Maybe print them out, put them into a fire, light them up, sit around and talk about all of the bonus bets that you're going to get because... If you do have a $5 money line bet as a new customer on FanDuel and that wins, you get $150 in bonus bets. What more could you ask for apart from a working heating system? Well, maybe if you do win money on FanDuel, you can buy a heating system to keep you keep you warm that doesn't involve hot offers. So, go to FanDuel. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. They've got parlays, they've got uh, totals, Spreads, over-unders, money lines, player props, futures, whatever you can think of, FanDuel has it all there, plus the hot hot offers in your local area. So go to fanjul.com slash locked on and get ready for the hot offer season here on Fanjul. Fanjul, an official partner of the NFL. And don't, don't, don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, we are, where are we, four games in, nine to go? Oh yeah, making great time, Josh. Well done. The next one, the Battle of the Lawsuits, the Toronto Raptors. And the New York Knickerbockers, the Knicks win at 136-130. The Raptors are, as all the youths would say, in the mud. 136-130. Schroeder bounced back after a string of stinking games. 20-10 and 10 with four steals. Good to have him back on track there. Well, Scotland Barnes was, was pretty good. 20-6, and six, five assists and two steals. Siakam, look, you look at the numbers. Like, everything's okay. 20-4, and four, four assists, four steals for Pascal. But, you know, 43 from the line stinks. No blocks, yeah, but at least he's hitting a three now. Better. OG Ananobi had 29 points with five threes. Still, the steals aren't coming in big numbers, but finally, some usage and some shots going in. They shot 49% from the field. They still got beaten. Pirtle was, like, fine. 11 and 8 in 24 minutes. Nothing great, nothing bad, but what is bad is Gary Trent. It does appear that the Nick Nurse system 100% inflated all of his numbers. And that it, there is a great example here. He was shithouse in Portland, couldn't do anything defensively, couldn't get any steals. Came to Toronto, those numbers doubled. Darko took over, and he's back to doing absolutely nothing. And he's a very, very clear drop in 10, in 12, and in 14 team leagues. Boucher got a thigh injury, didn't return. Cool. Well, Malachi Flynn continues to play pretty well. And that's just of import for deeper leagues. For the Knicks, there was an injury. Mitchell Robinson was out. Surgery, ankle 10 weeks. So we thought that they would start Isaiah Hartenstein. But I did throw the caveat out there that Hartenstein is clearly the better player. But we saw last year Thomas Thibodeau decided he was going to start Jericho Sims because, as I quote the great man himself, me, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, Tom Thibodeau likes a man who jumps up and down and grabs the ball. That's all he does, stands there and jumps up and down. So they started Jericho Sims. Now, Jericho Sims had played 25 minutes for this season. Today, he played 21. Almost doubled his season output in one game. But I will give Tom Thibodeau just an absolute crumb of um, acknowledgement here. At least he didn't close the game with Sims. Sims had two points. He had four usage. Sick. With seven rebounds. That's a deeper league ad. Hartenstein remains a 12-team guy. 11-8, two assists, two steals, one block, 57%. And... There are there's some interesting things with this team, and it's not as much this season. I haven't dug into the numbers as much with it this season, but I have in the past, right? Is that their starting group nearly always was negatives, and the guys coming off the bench would have these great plus minus, great advanced stats quickly and top end, and all those sort of things. Because we've talked about how if you're in the starting lineup and your names are not Brunson, Barrett, or Randall, you're never touching it. So it's probably actually better that Hartenstein comes off the bench and gets started minutes, which is what he did here. And we have seen with Quentin Grimes, the man who just never touched the ball, who I said a million times, I think he's actually a quality NBA starter, moved to the bench and now just goes absolutely crazy. Grimes, 27 minutes, 19 points with five threes. Josh Hart off the bench, 17, 16, 7 and 8 with 31 minutes. But this is prime. I don't have a name for this phenomenon yet, but phenomenon yet, sorry. But let's put it out there, let's say it again. When there are things that happen in a game, I talked about this on the pregame show, injury show, one of those earlier today. Well, I had multiple people ask me, hey, Mitchell Robinson injury, that's going to help Josh Hart, yeah? And I went, no, I don't really think it is. And then we see a game where Hart has 16, 7, and 8 in 31 minutes, and those people 
if they didn't believe me or they want to disagree or whatever, they've got their own thought. They'll look at this and go, see, I knew it was going to be better for Josh Hart. I knew Robinson being out was going to bump Josh Hart up. But let me tell you this. I believe that the reason that Josh Hart's minutes bumped up has absolutely nothing to do with Mitchell Robinson. It's because Emmanuel Quickly was out. It's, we saw Sims and Hartenstein play 48 minutes at center. So if Quickly wasn't out, Hart wasn't changing. Same as Grimes. Grimes didn't go off like this because Mitchell Robinson was out. He went off like this because he's in the bench unit, but also because Quickly was out. So the actual thing that impacted a lot here was Quickly's absence, not as much Robinson. The Robinson one is very isolated to Hartenstein and Sims' value. That is it. Nothing else really changes. The Quickly one is what threw everything else for a loop. So when Quickly returns and plays his 21 minutes, will Grimes get 19 points and all those shots? Will Hart play 31 minutes? Probably not. I'd say almost definitely not. And that's got nothing to do with Mitch Robinson. So it's one of those ones, huh, Robinson's out. Josh Hart's going to be the winner. Josh Hart puts up a big game, but you might associate those two things. And I don't think, I don't think they are related at all. So just be aware of that. DiVincenzo in a starting lineup has taken Grimes' role. Three points in 19 minutes. He did have five assists. But again, if you start, you're just not allowed to have usage. Seven usage for DiVincenzo, four usage for Sims. What is this system that this bloke runs? Can you guys go out there and just like, I don't know, flash your dicks at the crowd or something? What are they doing out there? They're nothing. It's, it's such an obvious, obvious thing that we just see continually from this squad. Anyway. Brunson had uh, 21, 2 and 9 in 38 minutes. Of course, he did. While Randall had 34, 8 and 5. Big minutes, big numbers for all those guys. It's just a frustrating scenario. I didn't talk Barrett, though, who had 27 points, but you know, missed his free throws, of course. One thing I thought he had fixed, maybe he hasn't. He did have an okay line, though. Not, not bad there. Not going to criticize him for a line that ends up being yeah, pretty, pretty solid in the end. The sixth game of the day, the Denver Nuggets beat the Atlanta Hawks. Jamal Murray came in, sprained his ankle in about three minutes. You know, five minutes, actually. Um, but... Returned, had 29 and 9, 4 assists, 2 blocks, 80% shooting, 4 threes. Phew. I think this increases the chances that he doesn't play tomorrow on a back-to-back, but we need to watch that. And this ties into something else. Because everyone's going to look at this and they're going to go, Julian Strala? What the? What's this? Strala? Strala? 28 minutes for Julian, 22 points, 6 threes, 5 steals, 50% shooting. Do we add Strala? And again, the question comes... How did we get here? Well, number one, when Murray got hurt, Strava came in. He was his replacement for some reason. Direct replacement off the bench. So Strava came in. And Magaporta Jr. shot 9% for three points. So we got this 12-minute stretch in the first half where Murray was on the bench with his ankle injury, which enabled more for Strava. And Strava shot like, I think, 70% in the first half and had four steals and then cooled off in the second half. And then Porter was terrible enabling Strouder to play ball. Remember, last game, it was Peyton Watson that played 25 minutes. So I am absolutely not adding Julian Strouder on the back of this game in, unless unless there is a guy sitting tomorrow for a stream, but that is it. I do not see this as a repeatable occurrence for Strouder. Aaron Gordon, good to see a nice bounce back there, 18 and 12, while streaming legend KCP, 8, 3, 2, 17%. I do not believe he is a 12-team must roster player very clearly. Christian Brown also lost minutes to Strouder, six points in 11 minutes. I think Strouder is going to be a stream guy, a deeper league guy, but that is it. It's just not a repeatable thing, and there's no repeatable role for him to play 28 a night. It's just not there, and that's why I wouldn't get excited about it. On to the... Um, just checking to see if anything else has happened here. On to the Atlanta Hawks. There was no DeAndre Hunter. He was out with a quad issue to, be, to begin the game, and they started out of nowhere Gary Matthews. Three points in 17 minutes for the big fella. No real need for that because they just pumped the minutes into Bogdan. He played 36 off the bench, 40 points with 10 triples. Two steals, remains must roster. The depressed penis, 40 minutes. 16 and four, triple one for Sadiq Bay, must roster player. And then Trey Young got ejected. Young had 19 points with nine assists before the ejection and DeJounte Murray had 21, six and three. His field goal percentage continues to be really frustrating. 35% for DeJounte, but nice numbers nonetheless. Um... A lot of minutes for Kongwu. A lot. 28 minutes. Shared the quarter thing for eight consecutive minutes in the fourth quarter. But seven, six, and three with a block on 60%. And there are certain things that annoy me doing this job. 
Jordan Poole being one and two and three and four and five of the list of things that annoy me, but one of them is a Kongwu, where we look at it and go, man, this guy, permanent number is unbelievable. We have these real questions, like at the minutes. Is he going to get the minutes? I think he might get the minutes this season. That's great. We love that. We love that. And then he gets not only the minutes, but he blows through our minutes expectations. And he turns into the, one of the worst permanent producers in the NBA. What's going on here? Where are the blocks? Why is the usage below 10%? Why is everything completely different to everything he's done in his career? And that's what's frustrating. I love that he got 28 minutes, but I, will, I am absolutely steadfast on this. I do not think it is a good move or a winning move, or as they will say in some areas, a plus EV move to hold on to someone waiting for a trade. It is bad business. I did not draft Nyekara Kongwu. Did I even draft him? But I didn't think he was a draftable guy because I thought Capella would be traded. The difference there is I thought that he had value irrespective of Capella's trade status or injury status. The problem is, is he hasn't. We are getting really close to me just saying, move on, because I'm not going to hold waiting for a trade that probably doesn't happen. And in fact, if you want to do it, do it, drop him. We're at that stage. The permanent numbers are, we're 20 plus games in, they're well down. The minutes are strong. We love that, but it's not converting into anything. And at some point, especially if you're mid-table or below, you've got to bite the bullet and move on. You have to. Because these permanent rates are just well down. It's a very different way that he's playing this season. And holding for a trade is bad business. Hold for a trade February 1st, not on the 11th of December. Not much else going on there. Capella had 14 and 8. Cool. Good for him. Well done. Love it. Next, we have an overtime game. The Bulls finally lose. The Bucks beat them 133, 129. Let's talk about my man, Kobe White. One of the best stashes that you've had all season. Not even a stash. It's like, yep, I, I believe. He's the 21st ranked player over the last two weeks. 45 minutes, 33, 6 and 4, 6 threes. 60% shooting. He was on an insane cold streak to begin this season. He's on an insane hot streak now. It is going to normalize somewhere in the middle. But he's been playing really well. Vooch, only 14 points, but poor efficiency. But he had 10 rebounds and 5 assists. He has been slightly better since Levine has been out, but still can't crack into the top 50. And we did, we did have DeMar DeRozan on um, Washed Watch. And I'm not convinced we take him off. That's a little unfair. That's a little unfair. The main reason we had DeMar there was what was going on with the free throws. He had 41 points here, 42 minutes, 11 assists. That's all really well and good. That's very, very good. But 83% from the line is strong. But he used to get by on being 87, 88. And he's at 80 this season. So 10 of 12 looks, it looks really good on the surface, but it's still 83. So that's a little facetious, putting him on watch, washed watch. But then like he took 30 shots and shot 47% and still remains outside the top 80 for the season. But that, that most of that is really good. Um, I just want to see those free throws push up continually. 16 rebounds for Drummond, one of the best rebounders in the NBA, as we detailed on the advanced stats looking the other day. And as soon as Vooch is out, you go and add him. While 41 minutes for Pat Williams, he needs to be rostered, yes. 15 and 7, two assists, 43%. And guys, guys, we did it. We got a Tony Snell. Ayo Dusumu, 26 minutes with zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, and zero blocks. He missed all six of his shots. He had nine usage. A 26 trillion from Io. He is not, I repeat, is not a 12-team league guy or a 14-team league guy. He might be if DeRozan is out, but he is a very, very bad permanent fantasy producer. Just exciting to get a tone snail this in this day and age. For the Bucks, Yanni dropped in 32-12-6 on 69% and 78 from the line. Pretty good start for the week. Well, another three blocks for Lopez and 19 points. And uh, Leaky Beasley, yeah, here we go. 19 in 40 minutes with five threes. At some point, it's going to cool off. But while Connaughton and Crowder are out, they're going to pump minutes into him because they're not giving them to Majon Beauchamp or to Campaign or to Lindell Wiginton. It's all going to go to Beasley. There was some weird reporting from Chuck Swirsky before the game that Chris Middleton was out. But he actually meant Chris Livingston, so that was sick. Middleton played 33 minutes. Yes, it was overtime, but 33 minutes. 13, 13, and 6. Do not drop Chris Middleton. He's a must-roster player. While Bob Porter, 17 and 7, that's okay. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. And Lillard just really couldn't shoot. 17%, sorry, 
14, 4, and 9 with a block. Just a really bad game, shooting-wise. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. I don't think we need to worry too much about it. Um, the next one is the New Orleans Pelicans laying waste to the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was a bad game from uh, Gobert. He had some really early foul trouble. And of course, the coach ended up fouling him out, playing him only 25 minutes. Shout out to Mark Dagnot, by the way, and the, all of you guys who tagged me on Twitter, where the, a reporter asked Dagnot, um, hey, how come you played Chet Holmgren through his foul trouble? And he went, I'll just make the refs foul him out rather than me keep him out of the game and I foul him out myself. And of course, Chet ended with four fouls and was able to play all his minutes. That's why Mark Dagnot is literally one of the best coaches in the NBA. That's not why, but it's also why because he's smart and he understands how things work. Not that, well, that's what we used to do back in the old day when, you know, Coach Johnson used to throw chairs at us every time we missed a layup. You can, yeah, the you know that it pisses me off. That's why you were tagged me in it. So anyway, Gobert got fouled out by Chris Finch. Townsie had 17 and 12, and Conley 17, 5 and 7. Continues to be really, really solid, Mike Conley, this season. Anthony Edwards was out again, but Jaden McDaniels returned. 12 points in 27 minutes for McDaniels. He didn't do much because he's a bad fantasy player. He's not a terrible one. He's just a bad one. And I wouldn't rush to add him in 12-team leagues. Alexander Walker and Troy Brown started with McDaniels on the bench. Now, McDaniels will come back in pretty obviously, but they did absolutely nothing. Seven points for Alexander Walker, five for Brown. You can go and drop those guys out of 12 and probably 14-team leagues. As for Edwards' return, we're not really sure, but I think he might miss a couple more. There was a lot of people chatting shit about Zion Williamson, me included. He was bad in those last two games, and he said, all right, let's go. Could have done it in the other ones, my guy, but 36 points on 77% shooting, 10 of 12 from the line. That's DeRozan level. A steal, a block. Fantastic. He had been dreadful in those last couple after really pushing up. And what part of the thing that frustrated me with Zion in those games was he just wasn't involved. But he had 30 usage here. It was plus 26 and dominated. Good work. McCollum had 23 points with four threes in only 29 minutes. Got a steal, got a block. Really strong game from CJ. Well, Valanciunas had 14 and 13 with two steals and two blocks. Just... Big, big performances from all of those guys. Ingram was also pretty solid, apart from his field goals. They just all sort of clicked in one game. And now one thing I, I can't really explain to you is why Dyson Daniels played 28 minutes. Six points, two steals, and a block. He'd basically been phased out of the rotation. But they went with him, playing more minutes than Najee Marshall, and then Trey Murphy. Murphy's first game back from injury was amazing. It was fantastic. But since then, he's the 204th ranked player so far this season. You know my thoughts on Murphy. Love him as a player. Wish he would start. The ranking that he was displayed at Yahoo last season was nonsensical, foolish, and gave you an absolute false description of what his season was like. He was ranked like 30th or something, which was absolutely garbage. And my point was for him this season is I really like him, but with Ingram and Zion there, how does he do enough coming off an injury to be anywhere near that top 50? Now, I do believe that he is significantly better than this, but only 24 minutes is a little frustrating. 10 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. Do not drop Trey Murphy. I can see in a points league that becoming a reality, but definitely not. don't do it yet. While Herb Jones, we know there's going to be fluctuations. Part of the reason he's been able to stay so high this season is really, really high shooting numbers, and they deserted here. 29 from the field and 67 from the line. He had 7, 10, and 5 with no defensive stats. And when your game is built on low-volume defensive stats, when you have a zero, it looks dreadful. This is part of the reason why I talk about the impact of defensive stats is that the difference between a one and a zero, a one is average, a zero is bad. There's no in-between. A two is amazing. There's no in-between. And that's why you have so much fluctuation. Bad game from Herb, hold. The Daniels thing is something to monitor and how that impacts Trey Murphy because honestly, couldn't have told you that I would have seen that coming. In fact, there's no way anyone would have seen that coming. Hey, do you think Dyson Daniels, who played 10 minutes last game, will play more than Trey Murphy? Yeah, no one would have said yes, but that's uh, where we're at. And that's what happens on a game-by-game -game basis in the NBA. Spurs Rockets, what a low score. You look at that and you go, oh, it's halftime, is it? Th end of the third quarter? 93 Houston, 82 San Antonio. San Antonio kept the same starting lineup with Victor Wembanyama at center. He had 15 and 18 with five blocks. He's going to put up top 20 numbers rest of season, you would think. Um... Malachi Branham started and played 34 minutes again, 13, 6, and 7. And this is one of those things that will happen. There will be someone here in the chat or somewhere, somewhere will comment, oh, Branham, do we go and add? Because this man has started about 15 games already this season. And this is the first time he's come anywhere near doing this. 
Sure. Is it a really interesting line? Yes. I'm not burning, not not wasting any time on it. I'm not burning any um, waiver moves on this sort of production. He just doesn't do it usually. Kelden couldn't get anything to fall. 12 and 7 with four steals. 21% is rough. And Sohan played 35 minutes with 7 and 6. I, I would drop Jeremy Sohan in 12 team leagues. It is a huge buy low on Devin Vassell. He is really struggling. 14 and 6 in 31 minutes, 33%. Can't hit free throws this season either. There's a lot of stuff that is way down and it needs to improve. And Trey Jones went from playing 28 minutes last game to 16 here. I thought maybe we could add if he was going to get 28 off the bench, but with this uncertainty, absolutely not. No way. Move on. Drop. Charles Bassey was out with a knee injury. They think it might be a long-term thing, which is bad news, which means deeper leagues, you want to pay some attention to Sandra Mamakelishvili. Now, I almost, I almost forgot to talk about Zach Collins. Zach Collins has been pretty, pretty good all season. 14 minutes for Zach. That is basically just back up behind Victor. Two and four. He did have some foul trouble early. I would be leaning towards that being a drop. They could change this up at any point. But I, there was also the, the idea here with Victor Wemanyama that Victor Wemanyama is a center long-term. I don't think anyone denies that. He, we, we think he's a center long-term. But we thought that they would go with Collins starting center this season to help protect Victor, get him eased into the NBA. But once you uncork that genie of starting Victor at center, I don't think you go back. You could, because Pop's done a lot of this stuff. You could go back, but I'm, I'm not sure you do. And that makes it a tough call on Collins. I think he's got to at least be in the firing zone. If you're looking at guys to add and you've got Collins, you go, hmm, can Collins get back that starting position? Maybe. Is it actually going to be worth it if he does? I don't know. And I don't think so. And when we're talking shallow, bye. Tens, bye. 12s, it is, it is a tough call. But again, do you think they will put the genie back in the bottle? and push Victor back to the four. I honestly don't. But who knows? They could change next game. I'm at a loss. For the Rockets. How about Tari Eason? 27 minutes, 18, 14, two steals. We love this. So your number one thing is here, is you look at the numbers and you go, Josh, this is amazing. What do we do with Tari Eason? We all love him, right? We Yeah, yeah. Tari's second season. And that is true. We do. So the number one question should be, how did he get 27 minutes? So you go down, you go, oh, Jalen Green played 24. Okay. Is that real? Is it realistic to expect Jalen Green to play 24 while Tari Eason plays 27? And the answer is probably no. So I love that from Tari. It's really good. I don't think that I'm rushing to add him thinking that this is the new rotational minutes distribution. Dylan Brooks also stunk two points on 8% shooting. Dylan, my guy, put it away. Stop it. You obviously don't roster Dylan Brooks outside of emergency streaming. Is Tari Eason a better player than Dylan Brooks? Well, at least a better future prospect, clearly. But I just don't think there's going to be any way that Eason plays more than... Even in this game, where Brooks literally shot 8%, he still played more than Eason, who had 18 and 14. So this is a very good game from Tari. I just... I'm not sure how realistic it is for him to do this every night. Shangun had a bit of a struggle as well, just 30 minutes, 15 and 9. Two steals and a block. While Van Vliet had 16, 6, and 5 with two steals. Hey, they're coming back. And Jabari had 9, 12, and 5 and didn't shoot very well. Amen Thompson played just 10 minutes, 2 and 5. You do not need to roster Amen Thompson in 12-team leagues. Aaron Holiday did play 15 minutes in this one. While Jay Sean Tate looked to be getting phased out a little bit. Now, Jay, Jay Sean Tate getting phased out does help Eason. So maybe there's some hope there. In a 14-team league, I would definitely add Eason just back to that. that, that that's the big question here. I would definitely add Eason in a 14-team league. In 12, I'd be a bit more hesitant to do it. But what do you do with Jalen Green? Because let's be honest, bad. 161st in category league rankings this season, but 96th in points. No step forward. I went on Salman Ali's podcast in the in the preseason. And we're talking about Green. He was like, yeah, I'm not sure he's going to be able to have that you know superstar third-year leap, but I still think he's on star potential. My, my counter to him was, if you're an actual star, it doesn't really matter who's around you. You, you make the third-year leap and you become that guy. And if you have to do it in year four or five, then you're never going to be a superstar. You might be a good player, but you're never going to be a superstar is my general philosophy on that. Not only is Jalen Green not making any sort of leap, he's gone backwards. Seven points in 24 minutes, 20% shooting, can't do jack shit outside of score and doesn't happen often enough. I have Jalen Green on a roster in a 12-team league. 
I'm holding because that team's going well. But if I wasn't going well, I'd turf him. Get him out of here. What's he, what's he doing that's good? He occasionally scores, and that's about it. That can be useful. But that's it, man. Like, it is very, very disappointing. And at some point, I will be, I'm sure, calling for, get this guy out of here. Let's just start him in Thompson. I don't think it'll happen. But this is, the inconsistency is what's killing at the moment. And that enabled Eason to do more in this game. Frustrating stuff. Uh, the next one. What have we got here? This is the Dallas Mavericks. The injured Dallas Mavericks is the injured Memphis Grizzlies. The Mavericks were without Kyrie Irving, Grant Williams, Maxi Kleber, Joshy Green. And then before the game, Tim Hardaway was out. And then Derek Jones lasted six minutes and got hurt. Jones was the guy that I added. He had a thigh contusion and then never returned after six minutes. He had three blocks in that time. He had five points. I would hold to see what happens. They play again tomorrow. Very, very unlikely he plays. So what do we do? What do we do here? Well, we'd go and add Exum without any question whatsoever. 16-4-6, two steals and a block for Dante. And what about my man, Jaden Hardy? They started Seth Curry. That's fine. But I said when Hardaway was out, this they've got to give him a chance. Jaden played 34 minutes, 19 points, five threes, four assists and a steal. I'd be very interested in streaming him in. Now, it's taken a lot. Irving, Hardaway, um, Green all being out for Hardy to do something. But he can do this. I would be interested in streaming Jaden Hardy tomorrow. I would prioritize Exum over him. Olivier Maxence Prosper started the second half over Derek Jones. He had 11 and th- three threes and four rebounds. That's okay for deeper leagues, but that's about it. We've also got 21 minutes out of Markeith Morris. Let's talk about the big guys, though, the big names. Doncic, 44 minutes, 35, 8, and 6, two steals, two blocks, five threes, an amazing performance. And I put this man under the lens in the daily look-ahead show earlier today, Derek Lively, and he went out and was great. In the last three games, he shot 91% from the field. That's going to come down. And I was, I was spot on, absolutely bang on, knew it. He shot only 89% in this one. 16 and 16 with a block. One of the most must-roster players who's sitting available in 39% of leagues, Derek Lively. I believe this is what I said about him on the Daily Look Ahead show earlier today. I said, maybe it wasn't about him, but I did say it. I said, get your thumb out of your ass give my video a thumbs up, and then go and add Derek Lively. I think I said that. It sounds like something I would say. Anyway, go and do that. So they play tomorrow. So Lively, got to add him. Exum, 100% got to add him. Hardy, probably do. Prosper, mm. Curry, mm. maybe. The Grizzlies made another change to their starting lineup. My mate, Santi Aldama, moved into the starting lineup. One of the rules that I will always give you about fantasy, one of the rules I'll always give you, right? about fantasy is don't make moves. Don't make don't make moves in-game. Usually, usually, unless someone's hurt. But don't be like, oh my God, this guy sucks. I'm dropping him in the second quarter when there's a lot to play out. Don't pop off and spout off nonsense telling everyone how good you are or how shit someone's uh, team is or whatever before a game even starts. Don't do it. Because you never know what's going to happen. Aldama, I have been pretty adamant. I don't really see the minutes or the role for him to be a 12-team league guy. And then he goes back to starting here. They put Jaron at center. And Santi played 20 minutes and had six points with two threes. He had two steals and a block. But no one's telling me this is a 12-team league line. It's not. They are getting guys back. Do any of them play power forward? Not really, but it does impact a lot of other stuff. So I don't think you add Santi Aldama, even though he started. Jaron was great. 42 minutes, 41 points, six threes, two steals, two blocks. The turnaround is on here. He's actually 27th over the last two weeks, quietly. While Desi Bain had 28, three and eight. Not much else going on for everyone else though. And this whole roster is just a complete mess of bullshit. Biombo went to the bench, played 12 minutes. We can obviously drop him. Tillman, what's going on with these guys' minutes? Seven, he played. Seven. They're going to have to cut, guys. Like, who's going to get cut here? Seven minutes for Tillman. I thought maybe he could push back the 12 10 value. Nah, move on. Who cares? David Roddy played 29 minutes. One of the worst permanent players in the NBA. You don't need to roster him. Derek Rose managed 17 minutes as a starter. We've got 16 minutes for Zaire Williams after DMPs. Vince Williams is literally their third best player at the moment. He had 10 and 9 in 26 minutes. But you do not want Santi... I don't look. Santi Aldama is 87% rostered in 12 team leagues. That number feels too high. 14 team leagues, yeah, sure. But 
12s? What's he doing that's so interesting? Drop Biombo. Don't add Roddy. Drop Tillman. Um, don't worry about Rose. I wouldn't roster Santi. Just a bunch of bullshit on this roster. Speaking of a bunch of bullshit, let's talk Utah Jazz. They got beaten by the Thunder 134-120. There was no Markkinen, Kessler, and Collins. So we didn't know what they'd do with a lineup, but they started Kelly Olynyk. He played 21 minutes at center. Two and six. What an absolute fart that is. Fart. Yurt seven barely played, but he ended up getting 10 minutes. So we're not going with either of those guys. So who popped off? Who was it? Speak it. It was Keontae. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 30 points, seven assists, and five threes and 59%. It's annoying because this guy has been struggling. You know that I was probably the first one to be like going at him. Um, and it hasn't been smooth sailing. It's more been about long-term thinking. And I said, let's wait. The cutoff here is going to be the 15th of December. That trade deadline time and then we'll reassess what's going on. Not trade deadline. That contract time, just an artificial endpoint to, to make decisions on these guys and see where it's going. Because it wasn't really doing much. And I did make the point that if you're in a strong position... You hold him. That's what I've done. If you're in a really struggling position, you might need to move on. Well, I hope you didn't. And I hope I didn't tell you to move on. I might have. But the point has always been, if you are struggling and you cannot deal with this anymore, do it. But if you are in a good to average position, you hold and wait. And we reassess on 15th of December. 30 points for Keontae, 7 assists and 5 threes. We love it. And then I don't even know what else happened here. Hendricks played 26 minutes, which I like. Eight points, steal a block. Taylor Hendricks is going to be a 12-team league player in March. I feel pretty okay about that. We got 14 points from Luka Sharmanich. I mean, cool, whatever. Chris Dunn had seven assists. Well, cool. Colin Sexton had 20 points in 26 minutes. Just a nonsense team masquerading as an NBA team at the moment. And the guys you thought could do something like Olenek or even Clarkson. I didn't never thought Abaji could do anything because he's bad. Um, but these guys just didn't do anything. They got pumped very early on, and a lot of the bench guys, like Sharmanich, brought them back in. Solid game from Fontecchio, 19 points as well with four blocks. The interesting thing here is Keontae George stayed in the game while other guys were pulled, and he was able to put up good numbers. He was their best player today, which is a huge, huge thing. Shea continues to dominate, 37 assists, three steals, 71 from the field, 28 minutes only. Chet had 16 and 8 with two blocks, and even Josh Giddy put up a good game. Still only played 24 minutes, but had 12, 10, and 8 with a steal and a block. Probably close to his best game. I still think he's a 10-team drop. The Bronco only 22 minutes, and unfortunately no defensive stats, which continues to be the frustrating thing. And with Lou Dort out, Cason Wallace started. Would they stick with that long-term? I bloody hope so. They won't, though. Cason had two points. No, he didn't. He had 10 points with two threes, one steal, two blocks, another 50% shooting night. Continues to be very, very impressive on court, but not doing as much fantasy-wise. And we also got Ujman Jeng firing up. Now, Jeng was a part of the rotation early in the season, got demoted, Back to the G League and then popped off for 18 points here. Shot only seven times for 86%, but it's just good to see him getting some playing time. And that's probably all we need to see there. Another three threes from Isaiah Joe, but that's really all. This was, again, over really quickly. The big story here is the Keontae George game. Um, hopefully, you're able to hold. And if you didn't hold, I don't think you should blame yourself. Blame me. Go ahead. I know you will uh, if you did drop him. Um, but again, we have to have patience with rookie guards. We'll see how that works when we talk about Scoot Henderson later on. We go on to game 12. The Brooklyn Nets get handled pretty comfortably by the Kings. 131-118, the final score. Mikhail Bridges played 37 minutes, even though the last four minutes were a blowout. Yeah, he's on track for a lot. 22-5-5, That is a totally sustainable sort of line for Mikhail. Now, a lot of what he'd been doing the last week or so, he'd been shooting very, very high. This is a nice drop back, but it's a, it's a strong game. Finney Smith was also pretty good. 13 points, three threes and two blocks. I don't think we care too much there outside of streaming him, although he's been pretty solid. I don't mind him as a 12-team league guy. I'm not excited by it, though. Claxton just didn't play very well. Eight and 10 with three blocks. A team worst by far, minus 24. That's why his minutes were down. And that meant that we got 14 minutes of Dayron Sharp. Dayron Sharp is like the big avocado. He's like the Andre Drummond that's never started. If he does get an opportunity, he'll be that guy that you go, man, what are you doing? But he puts up numbers. He had four and seven with a steal and a block. Dinwiddie had 18, two and seven in his 34 minutes. O'Neal struggled. I don't think we need to be holding on to the Basmati man. Five points in 19 minutes. But I'm not going to talk for long about it. But Cam Thomas was shit again. Uh, 31 minutes, 18 points. No rebounds, no steals, no blocks. Took 20 shots. Missed the majority of them, 13. 
So he ended up shooting 35%, got to the line twice, minus 15, 32 usage. He is now outside the top 250 over the last two weeks. And do not be shocked when he is a droppable player. Because, I will stress this again, his style of play, I don't believe, leads to winning basketball. And I think the Nets are in alignment with me. In fact, not only do I think that, I 100% know that they have thought that at least in the past. I haven't checked in over what has happened in the last four or five weeks, but I know that they believe that. And the results from Cam Thomas here are pretty shithouse. This is the problem. Is that when these contested step back, long twos don't go in, and when they do go in, it's like, ooh, Cam Thomas, all-star, league-leading scorer. And when they don't go in, you go, oh, no. What else are you doing? 18 points is fine. But this is where the problem lies here for Thomas, who's now outside the top 100 for category leagues on the season, still playing well for points leagues. We do hold him for now. It might end up a drop. It's going to be... The thing is that they don't really have anyone who could push into this role. I guess you could throw Mikhail at the two and start Dorian Finney-Smith and get a little bit more defense and reliability in there. But when Simmons comes back, that's where the question starts, if Simmons comes back. But when, he, when or if Ben Simmons returns... Does Thomas move to the bench and play 25 minutes and then become a very clear drop? I think it is possible. Am I a Cam Thomas hater? It depends how you want to define hater. Do I think that he's a very, very good NBA player? No. Do I think that he can be a good scorer? Yes. Do I think that I'd want a team or I believe a team is going to build around him? Then 100% absolutely not as well. So if that's a hater, then yeah, I am. Paint me with a hate brush. I just, yeah. We are seeing, we saw the good Cam Thomas. The illustration of when it goes well, how good it is. And now we are seeing the opposite side of when it's bad, it's really quite bad. And we'll see which direction they lean. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm holding for now, but I'm on the fence with it. For the Kings, Malik Monk was sick. Leaky dropped 21-2-9 with four threes in 28 minutes. The big fella. Must Ross the player. Good to see Keegan Murray as well, who'd been playing poorly. He shot 69% for 24 points. Everything else is a little bit empty there, but we still love that from Keegan. While it was a very good Trey Lyles game, 17 points, 5 threes, 23 minutes. I'm not sure what I need to read into that, considering before today he was the 334th ranked player, but that was interesting. Sabonis had 15, 16, and 9, and Fox had 29 points and 8 assists. Both of those guys struggled with both of their percentages, which is not ideal. While the pencil, Harrison Barnes, Barnesy, played 27 minutes for 14 points and 3 threes. That's streamable. When what we're not doing, we're not streaming Kevin Herter. Six points, well, that's not true. Six points in 17 minutes for Herder. But the only reason I'd give you any level of grace for holding him is I'm a nice guy, but also they play tomorrow. So you just hold him and use him tomorrow. Otherwise, there is absolutely zero reason that Fanner Pants needs to be rostered. Now, Kevin Herder is going to go on a stretch where he shoots 60% from three, averages 19 points with five assists, and I'm going to look stupid. But it's the totality. It's the ride it when it's hot. It's the Tim Hardaway. Ride it when it's hot, because when it's cold, it's shitful. And Mike Brown moves on really quickly. And we've seen that here. He's on a stinking run at the moment, Herder. They've got other options like Monk, who's a very much a better player. And Herder just does not need to be rostered. Uh, and I, I would guess that that's relatively clear. I would hope, in fact, that that is relatively clear. And lastly, the final game of the day. The Portland Trailblazers end up going down to the Clippers 132-127, the final score. Let's talk Portland. Simons has been amazing. 38 minutes. 38 points, five threes, four assists, 13 of 13 from the line. We knew that he'd have a real chance of being a big, big scorer with good free throws and solid assists, and he's been basically exactly that since he returned. Fantastic stuff. Some people have told me that he's on their wire, and I, I, that is ridiculous, and he shouldn't be on the wire even in a six-team league. Absolute must-roster player without any question whatsoever. What we did get here was big minutes from Shaden Sharp. 41 minutes. 27-3-6 with four threes. Still no Brogdon, and he was a team-worst minus, minus 15. It's still, we don't know how it's all going to shake out, but that's really encouraging. Good game from Scoot as well, and it makes you feel better. 30 minutes from Scooter, 19-4-6, 50% shooting, two blocks and three threes. He's obviously been really bad, and while 20 games or whatever it is, 15 games, 13 games, I don't know how many it is, it's not many, 13 games of being bad, which is what Scoot was, did not mean that he was a bust. One game of being really good does not mean that he's not a bust or does not mean that he's going to be awesome. But seeing it makes you go, Phew, at least I've seen it. Um, he might be bad again next game. Same as Keontae George. They both might be bad next game. But knowing the pattern of rookie point guards, knowing how it goes, 
once we see it, we, we make sure we have it. And we, then we see where it develops from there. Thibault played 31 minutes, had 11 points with three threes. His three-point shooting has been really, really good. My worry, again, remains is with there's three starters, or you know, is Brogdon a starter? Is close enough. Brogdon, Grant, and Aiton are all out. How does everyone get enough minutes? That is going to be a problem. Yes, Sharp's rolling at 41 minutes here. Thibault played 31. Kamara played 37. It is impossible for this to be the case as they move forward. Tamani Kamara, love what he does on the court. Unbelievably good on-court player for a rookie picked in the 50s. Fantastic. But 7-4-4 four, four doesn't get it done for fantasy. The triple one is interesting. He's a good deeper league guy, but that is about it. And Duop Reith played 26 minutes. He had 10-3-4. Good enough for deepers. And then they dusted off old mate the C-parter, Moses Brown. 12 boards for rebounding legend. Yeah, I don't care. Um, 22 minutes for Jabari Walker as well. He had 9-8. and eight. That's cool. Maybe he has value later in the season. We're not worrying too much at the moment. There's still a lot to pan out with this rotation. If Brogdon starts and plays 30, where do they come from? Well, you can take the 16 minutes out of Brown, but then you've got 36 of Grant and 32 of Aiton. That's a ton of minutes, and somebody is losing out here. Does Sharp play 41? I doubt it. Does Scoot still play 30? He should, but I'm not sure. Do we get 37 from Kamara and 31 from Thibel? I guarantee you we won't. It's going to be intriguing. For the Clippers, Kawhi is on the usage push. 32, 39 minutes, sorry. 34, 6, and 5 with three steals on 58%. Remember, there was this little stretch where Kawhi was cooling off. What's going on with this guy? Ninth over the last two weeks. The usage is up, but that means that Paul George's is down. Now, George was still good. 20 and 8 with eight assists, a steal and a block, but just only 21 usage, while Jimmy Harden had 20 and 7 with seven assists and two blocks. So all three of them were very, very good. Kawhi just stood above. And I think we'll see a lot of back and forward here. Norman Powell, pretty interesting streamer. They play again tomorrow. 16 points in 25 minutes with two blocks for him. <clears throat> but I remain steadfast that you do not need to roster Russell Westbrook. If you do still have him, and you're one of the 92% of leagues that have him, according to our advanced metric, which is an insane number, hold him because they play tomorrow. But 16 minutes is nowhere near enough. It, it just it doesn't It doesn't cut it. And in those 19 minutes, he still managed to have yeah, four turnovers. He had 12, 2, and 6, which is fine. But I just don't think you need to hold him. Keep him tomorrow. There's five games on. That's it. 14 minutes only for Tice. Well, Zubats played 33 with 18 and 6. We're getting a lot of minutes pumped into Zubats at the moment. He plays his big minutes, and you have a stretch where he doesn't play hardly at all, and he goes back to big minutes. It's very hard to feel super confident in it. But for now, he's rolling. Tice is relegated to deeper league stuff only at this point. That is the 13 games done. What we need to do now is our little end of show wrap up. So let's have a look at the let's have a look at the stream of the day. How did we go? A pretty good day. 10 teamers, we went with Malik Monk. 21 to a 9 with a steal. Absolute gigantic W. The 12 team stream of the day, unfortunately, was Derek Jones. Can't really do much about that one. Obviously, it's not ideal. He had five points, two rebounds, and three blocks and got hurt in six minutes. The 14-team stream of the day, Dante Exum, 16-4 and six, four, three, uh, 16, four and six, two steals and a block. Unbelievably good for a 14-team league. The 16-team stream of the day, Kevin Love, 19-6. and six. He's actually moving into like 14-team stream territory. The Yahoo Points stream of the day, Caleb Martin, 35 fantasy points, W. And the ESPN stream was Caleb Martin for 32 fantasy points. So I feel good about saying that I actually did get most of those ones pretty good on a day that you probably couldn't stream. But still, we got some value there, which is um, which is important. That will now bring us into look at the monstrous line of the night. Who was your best category league performer for the day? Well, I'll tell you who it was. It was the big fella in Philadelphia, Joel Embiid. And the MVP has just been awesome. In fact, he's probably been better than last season. And I think something that's a little bit underrated about Embiid is he's getting assists now. Another six here, 34, 10, and six. He's just getting high, high assist numbers. He's been great. Fantastic to see him um, doing this when you know, there were, you know, not some concerns, but he's sort of under the radar. I guess that's the way we do it. The waiver wire line of the night. The best player available in 50% of leagues. This guy is bang on 50. He's also the young gun of the night. Best player in his first or second year. And it is, in Indiana, Humpty Dumpty, Big Ben Matherin, 30 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. I'm hesitant to look at him as a 12-team must-add. It's good. It's a good game. But I'm just not really sure we're there at um, 
that's going to be repeatable because it probably isn't. And lastly, for these awards, we go to the dud of the night. Who was the worst performer today? There were quite a few options, but in the end, we are going to go with a sexy man. We're going to go to Cleveland and go to the Winter Soldier, Maximilian Struess. Celtics and Bulls legend. Had six points. He had two rebounds. He shot 11% from the field, and the last couple for him have been very, very rough. Um, all right. What are we going to do now? We're going to go in to look at the top six players. I should have hit the top six player animation because that's what we're going to do, the top six players of the day. To round out the show, got a little bit of surprise for you at the end, so stay tuned for that. Um, the top six players today, number one was Joel Embiid, followed by Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Bogdan Bogdanovic, and Terry Rozier. Almost went with the international six, the sixth sweep for the internationals, the non-US players. Rozier saved it for the USA there at the end. The top six players, Ross in under 50% of leagues, Ben Matherin, just spoke about him. Keontae George, I would grab him, he was great. Obviously, some skepticism and flukiness, but that was great. Julian Strouder, yeah, I'm not really sure about that one, but for tomorrow, they play. Go ahead, knock yourself out. Simone Fontecchio, good, but absolutely not interested in 12s. Josh the Hitman Hart, you can do it, but it's not because Hartenstein was out. It's because Quickly was out. And the last one is Trey Lyles. Try it for tomorrow if you want. A little bit fluky in some of the stuff that happened there, not super interested. And then your top six players in Yahoo Points Leagues, we've got Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jaron Jackson, Demar DeRozan and Joel Embiid. And I'm trying something new here. What I wanted to do is just sort of give a summary of maybe like three three ads and two drops of guys that I think we need to action for a base of standard leagues. We'll see how this transitions. But I think what we need to do here is look at Isaiah Hartenstein as an ad. I think we'd look at Dante Exum as an ad. I think we've got to go and add Asar Thompson as well. You could throw Scoot Henderson and Keontae George in there as well as guys that if they're on my wire, I'm going to go have a look. If you've got Mo Wagner, I'd be more than happy to move on there. And if you've got Trey Jones, I do think that we can, um, I do think that we don't have to hold on there. Now, there's obviously, as I've gone through all 13 games, I've spoken about lots of different scenarios there, but they're just a little five ad drop recap for the day. I hope you find that useful. We're always going to be tinkering and trying to make things different and make things better. Um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Also, that's the end of the show. Don't forget, Operation 70K. Hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, leave a comment, like, all that sort of stuff. It's a great way of helping out the show. And on audio, subscribe, but also jump over to YouTube and give it a subscribe over there. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.